0: I am welcome the facts and blog and podcast the big thing the NRA used to teach back in the 90s was that there was Eddie the Eagle do you remember Eddie the Eagle exactly exactly yeah so Eddie the Eagle taught kids don't touch run away find an adult mm-hmm. right same thing goes for us as adults don't touch stay in the area though kind of prevent things from happening, call it local law yeah. enforcement.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and straight up say I'm a little worried about these pancakes because <laughs> these have just been sitting in Jay's desk drawer, not a special refrigerated desk drawer, and, you know, it may surprise you, but I've purchased a number of frozen pre-bagged pancakes in my life, and you're supposed to at least refrigerate those bad boys. I, you
2: know, I'm a little uncertain about these. I don't know about their refrigeration requirements, Dustin. Uh, right. I, uh, don't think there are any and we're going to proceed as if there weren't
1: you can win the new crimson trace cts 1250 before it's even released plus a whole lot more enter to win the cts 1250 and cmr 204 on a special crimson trace edition Faxon fx19 with custom coating and laser work from one-off coating llc plus lockdown puck Caldwell Emacs Shadows, Tipton Pistol Cleaning Kit, Tools from Wheeler, and two CNG Kydex holsters. Visit faxandfirearms.com for all the ways to enter. Hi, and welcome to episode 31 of the Facts and Blog and podcast. Uh, today, we have a great show. John Farner is here. He's going to be walking us through some basic firearm safety. Uh, John is not just uh, one of our sales uh, support associates. He's also a certified instructor with the NRA, so it's uh, wonderful to be able to uh, tap on his expertise uh, for episodes like this. Also, we have a- another great giveaway this time from our friends at Wheeler Tools during Jay's World of Eats. It's going to be down towards the bottom of the episode. Just a couple of quick programming notes. Uh, we will be returning to audience Q&A starting next week, so make sure that you get your questions in. You could email those to us at podcast at faxandfirearms.com. and also the official Facts and Move updates uh, will also reschedule for next week. Uh, the reason is a lot of us are in the process of moving now. Uh, we'll show a couple of clips here uh, but uh, lots of the office space is getting finished up and uh, most of our staff is uh, in transit kind of either getting ready or starting to move their uh, office items over uh, to set up shop at the new building so we're hoping next week's episode will actually be filmed in our new location so without any further ado let's turn it over to John for the segment on basic firearm safety well, we're really excited to have John Farner back on the show with us. John is our sales support associate here, so uh, many of you, especially in our dealer network, have probably interfaced with John before, and he's been on the podcast a couple of times this week, though not talking about cigars, no, uh, which is one of his more beloved topics. Oh, yeah. But uh, we are going to be talking uh, about some basic, uh, basic firearm safety, uh, kind of out of the textbook of the basic pistol class uh, through the. NRA and John you hold a couple of different training certifications you want to tell the folks about that yeah
0: so I'm a NRA basic pistol instructor I also hold a CMP master rifle instructor. Uh, what that means is I go out uh, my side gig Every once in a while, I'll teach CCW classes, but my main passion is uh, going out to summer camps and I teach them how to teach kids how to shoot three position riflery. Uh, it's great. It kind of gets a younger generation into it and mm-hmm. starts them off uh, with proper training and proper safety learning and things like that. Um, I've also taught, uh, on top of CCW classes, I've taught a couple advanced classes, uh, learned a lot of stuff from some people who used to work for Columbus SWAT, Taught learn a couple different classes from them uh, learned, uh, you know, pistols. And I've also take a uh, vehicle defense class with Fred Masterson. So that was a fun class too. If you ever get a chance to take one of Fred's classes, it's well worth it.
1: Yeah. Very good. So today, you know, we've been talking about a lot, really the, the entire run of this show since we've, uh, started in February, 2020 and then, you know, the pandemic hits. And so, It's kind of a belabored topic, but it's still very current that there are so many new gun owners um, and some people kind of don't know where to start as far as uh, gun safety training. Uh, things of that variety. Now, obviously, what we're going to show you today is just a little bit of an introductory. This isn't to take the place uh, of a certification class or anything like that. You don't get to bring in a transcript of the show <laughs> and try to get your concealed carry permit or anything like that. But for those of you who are first-time gun owners and you're kind of looking for a place to start, or maybe you have a, a friend that needs a, a refresher on on firearm safety, uh, this would be a great show to share with them. So before we freak too many people out, why don't you show the people what this is sitting on the desk?
0: So we have a CERT gun here. This is a fake gun that shoots a laser for dry fire practice and things like that. Um, practice your reloads thing. So this is inert. We are we are going to take safety as the utmost precaution here um, in the studio. And that's where we're going to start because it's all about safety right now.
1: All right. So imagine, John, we're just walking into your class. Uh it's the the basic
0: pistol, basic safety. Where do we begin? Well, the first thing I always start off with is statistics. And the big statistic I always start with is accidental deaths in the U.S. Okay? So if we talk about accidental deaths in the U.S., there's, the statistics are brought by the FBI every year. They go back. They can look through everything like that. Let's talk about accidental gun deaths in the U.S. Compared to everything else, where do you think they fall on the list?
1: Compared to all other accidental deaths or non-natural deaths? Correct. (laughs) High, low? Middle?
0: Middle. I don't know. Would would I say rank number 10? So there's a couple different categories. Number one is normally uh, falls, uh, things like that. There's normally 20,000 plus falls a year. Uh, Firearms-related accidents are... 0.001% of all accidental deaths in the U S that is 489 per year per the last statistic. And I believe that's two years old. So that's 2018 is when that statistic came out. Um, That number has dropped drastically in the past uh, 10 years. The reason why is a lot of people are getting their concealed carry permit. They're taking classes, they're learning, they want to get their safety and a lot of States require that you take a safety class beforehand. So we see uh, that, that number drop, every year. And I always like to bring that up because most people go, well, the news says
2: there's 10,000,
0: you know, they hear all these firearms related deaths. But we want to talk about accidental deaths. And the reason why we want to talk about accidental deaths is because accidental deaths are almost 99.9%, you know, preventable. Mm -hmm. We can, uh, as long as we follow the four major rules of firearm safety, we can prevent an accidental death from happening. Um, So, I always start with that statistic because it blows everybody's mind to Mm -hmm. think how low that number is compared to falls and car accidents and drowning and fire and things like that. Yeah, for sure. So the first rule we always start off with is uh, keep your gun pointed in a safe direction. So what is a safe direction? Everybody has a different definition of that. For example, we're going to take this room here, our studio. First thing is everybody's going to go, well, up's a safe direction. Well, in the studio it's not. Mm-hmm. The reason why we have offices right above us. So if this were to go off, who knows if somebody's up there. All right, so let's say behind us is a safe direction. Not a safe direction. There's offices behind us here too. All right. So then we'll go this way is a safe direction. Not a safe direction either. We've got offices there. All right. Well, we we knocked out a couple of the big areas. What about this way? Now that goes towards the parking lot. You don't know who's behind that wall and in the parking lot. Well, what about the floor? Mm-hmm. Okay. think the floor is a safe direction in here. It could be. There's a possibility. There's nobody below us. But what's below that carpet? Mm-hmm. There's concrete. And what does happen when a bullet hits concrete? There's two things that could happen. One, the bullet breaks up and you get fragments into your leg and body. There again, you become a statistic. Or it can ricochet off that concrete. And it could hurt somebody. Now, the other direction in this room is straight ahead. Now, if we were to take away the people in front of us, straight ahead, we have a wall. And beyond that, we have a building and people, right? So again, that's not a safe direction. So you're like, right now, you're like, John, what is a safe direction in this room, right? Well, the safest direction in this room is towards the baseboards of that wall over there. Reason why is if I were to accidentally have the gun accidentally go off. It's going to go through the base, baseboard. What's below that baseboard normally. It's going to be dirt. It's going to be dirt, rock, stone. Now stone is not always the best thing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but there's going to be dirt and things instead a downward trajectory. So you're most likely going to just hit that dirt and the bull, the projectile is going to go right in there. You say that, you know, you need to know what your safe direction is in, in your building. For example, basement, you're in a basement your safe direction may be the four walls around you. You just have to remember that those walls are normally cinder block with pouring behind it or they're poor concrete. So you do take a risk of a ricochet every once in a while. So you just have to know. And my biggest one is teaching classes. Okay. What if I live in an apartment? Mm-hmm. I live in a second floor apartment, John. Okay. Well, you've got no safe direction there. What do I do? Well, Get yourself a five gallon bucket filled with sand, kitty litter, anything that can absorb that energy and displace it. So when that goes in, it'll displace that energy and all that energy. A projectile is going to give off most of its energy as soon as it hits something. It's, you know, basic physics. So if I were to accidentally fire into that bucket, it's just going to stay in that bucket. Mm -hmm. The military uses it. Gun ranges use it. That is your safest bet to get a bucket filled it with sand or or kitty litter, something that is is soft and and can absorb that energy and take that energy wave and push it outwards inside that bucket. You know, it blows people's minds to just think about that one aspect where you think you're pointing in a safe direction because you're not in harm's way, Mm -hmm. but you don't know what's behind your wall. And that brings up, you know the number three. So three and one kind of roll into each other. Number rule. Number three is, uh, know what's beyond your target. Mm -hmm. So if I'm pointing a safe direction, I don't know if I consider that a safe direction. Right. And I'm pointing at that, that wall, but I don't know what's beyond that wall. Am I actually pointing a safe direction? And I, I always bring up a sad story when I'm teaching class, there was a, a, a man who was muzzleloader hunting And if people don't know what muzzleloader hunting It's like old school cap and ball musket Tile mm-hmm. hunting And this was up in Amish country in Ohio So about two hours north of us This man was done hunting for the day He took his His rifle His, mu- his muzzleloader Pointed it in what he thought was a safe direction And let it go Because there's only two ways to unload a muzzleloader Either you fire it Or you push air through it and push everything out One's easy Mm -hmm. one's a pain in the butt Yeah. (laughs) so um, he fired that round about a mile away there was a young Amish girl in her buggy she got hit by the round and a horse does what a horse does and it knows to go one way Mm -hmm. and the horse took the young girl home presumed that it was a hate crime uh, that somebody did this about two months later it was in the newspaper and the man was reading it and he goes you know what I was hunting right about that time a mile away from me and he turned himself in and mm-hmm. he said here's my my musket so you know that was a preventable accident if he pointed it in what he assumed was a safe he appointed it in what he assumed was a safe direction but he didn't know what was beyond his target so if he pointed it in a safe direction and knew what was beyond his target that is a an accident that could have been prevented and i know it sounds gory and gro- uh, gloomy and bad but it's kind of drive home the point that you need to know, a what a safe direction is, and b what's beyond your target. So let's recap those
1: those first three. So number one for for uh, basics of gun safety, which which was that.
0: So number one is keep your firearm pointed in a safe direction. Number two. Number two is uh, treat all firearms like they're loaded. And then three. So know, you know your target and what's beyond it. Mm-hmm. And number four is keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to fire. Right. So. Uh, number two, you know, treat all firearms like they're loaded. Uh, when you pick up a firearm, you want to make sure, again, they all tie into each other. Mm-hmm. So when you pick up a firearm, you want to make sure that your finger is high along the side, away from the trigger guard, away from the trigger. And you may say, well, John, that's off the trigger, right? But if I tripped, what's our natural response when we trip? Yeah. We clench. On. Yep. So if I trip and I go, you know, boom, there's an accident, Right. So we want to keep it nice and high. Most guns, modern guns, will have a memory pad here, a logo, something that you can feel that's tactile and, and it, you know, it's a sensory related. As long as you keep that finger nice and high. Now, if I fall, I'm trying to grab, I'm twisting. It's not going to go anywhere. Right. So there we go. We prevent another. What if I'm walking down the street and I see a gun sitting on the ground? Well, first off. Lucky you! You find free guns. The the gun fairy <laughs> blessed you. But second off, don't touch it. You don't know. You may not know how to manipulate it. You may not. Um, the best bet is to keep others away from the area. Call law enforcement to come out and investigate it. Pick it up. You don't know where that's been. Um, the big thing the NRA used to teach back in the nineties with that there was Eddie the Eagle. Do you remember Eddie the Eagle? Vaguely. Vaguely. Yeah. So Eddie the Eagle taught kids don't touch. Run away. Find an adult, Mm -hmm. right? Same thing goes for us as adults. Don't touch. Stay in the area, though. Kind of prevent things from happening. Call local law enforcement. Yeah. Because they'll come over and they'll take care of it. Now, you may think, well, I'm an expert on everything. I know how to handle guns. It's better to uh, go on the side of caution with these things. Another thing I'd like to bring up. Speaking of being outside, and I should have mentioned, so safe direction outside is totally different than safe direction in your house, right? So if I'm outside in the parking lot, our parking lot is concrete, and I find that gun, lucky gun, sitting there, and I decide that I'm going to pick it up, and I need to point in a safe direction. First off, straight in front of me is not safe. Straight Mm -hmm. behind me is not safe. There's two safe directions. There's up, and then there's down. And the safest direction in that parking lot is going to be up. Now, you may say, well, John... Up, If it goes up, people, what must come, you know, Sir Isaac Newton told us what must go up must come down. Let's just say, well, let me ask you this. Is this up? Slightly up. Yeah. Mostly up. Mostly up. How about now? More up. More So when we talk about up, this is what we're talking about. Straight up and down. Most accidents that we hear where people saying they had their gun pointed straight up in the air are like this. So again, the projectile has to go on its trajectory. It'll go through you know, the air and go to wherever it'll hit. And that's where you'll find most people have accidents with where they're saying on New Year's Eve, you know, New Year's Day, they're firing their guns off and they're not pointing it straight up. Now you say, well, John, that projectile has to come down, right? Mm -hmm. It's going straight up in the air. Projectile only has so much energy. So when it leaves, let's just say a 9 millimeter projectile leaves the barrel at about 1,100 feet per second out of a four inch barrel. It's going to go up. It's going to waste all its energy going up and it's going to come down. Now, is it going to come down at that velocity or is it going to come down at a slower velocity? I mean,
1: I'm assuming gravity will add something to it, but it wouldn't be the same type of impact or velocity right. as it was exiting the,
0: the barrel. So it can only come down at the speed of gravity, which I believe is 32 meters per second squared. And I may be wrong on that. It's, it's it 30, sounded smart. Yeah, it sounded so smart. So we'll leave it. It's either 32 or 36. <laughs> okay, But it can only come down at that fast. So it's coming down and what will happen is there there are stories of people getting hit with mm-hmm. rounds that have got shot straight up in the air. With most of the time they'll come down. It's only coming down at that velocity. is a 115 grain projectile, we'll say. And it'll come down and it'll leave you a nice welt. Mm-hmm. Will it hurt?
2: Yeah, it's it's like handle. hail. Yeah, it's like Should hail.
0: It's yeah. going to hurt. Yeah. But are you? is that an accident prevented? You didn't have an accidental death because of that. Same thing goes if we were out in our, we have a field next to our building uh, that is a grassy field. Same thing. When we're pointing it down at that field, we think, okay, well, that's the safest direction. It's dirt. Dirt can be hard. So let's just say it's it's been 100 degrees here, which it hasn't. But if it's been 100 degrees here with no rain for a week, that dirt is pretty hard. Mm-hmm. There is a chance of a ricochet. But if I'm out there in that field and it's been raining all week, that dirt is mostly mud. So that round will go sink right into that mud. So you just have to be aware of what your safe direction is at all times, no matter what the the aspect or what what conditions you're in. Yeah, it's it's not one safe direction in every single
1: atmosphere, situation, place, or setting, correct? Right. based on people around you, buildings around you, infrastructure around you. You know, I, I mean, uh, when, when you talk about even... Uh, uh, you were saying like in your home, like if you live in an apartment or what have you, I mean, nine times out of 10, just basic drywall isn't going to stop something from going through into another room and, you know, thing, things of that variety. That's, uh, there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of variables.
0: And for those who want to look it up and see how round reacts to drywall, there's plenty of videos of, of walls being built. A standard nine mil will go through at least, if I remember correctly, five sheets of drywall. So that's sheet on behind sheet Mm -hmm. your average home has just those two two. yeah Yeah. two
1: and some insulation which probably isn't gonna help baffle you very much correct
0: and you just have to remember the big the big thing is you have to remember that you're responsible for every round that you comes out of your firearm so we'll go on so we talked about you know safe direction we talked about knowing what's beyond our target um we talked about keeping our finger off the trigger until we're ready to fire we've also talked about uh Treat all firearms like they're loaded. To wrap that all up, somebody, you might ask, well, what's the number one rule? What if I break every rule, Mm -hmm. what is going to keep me safe? And most people say all of them. I shouldn't break any of them. Well, nobody's perfect, right? We all make mistakes. So the the number one rule you should always follow, no matter what, is keep the gun pointed in a safe direction. Because if I am pointing in a safe direction, if it does go off... Nobody's going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. There's a a let me rephrase it. There's a very low percentage chance that somebody's going to get hurt if I'm pointing it in the proper safe direction. That I know, as long as you remember those four rules and you keep that keep it pointed in a safe direction. I can't overemphasize that that rule enough. That keep it pointed in a safe direction. Uh, you will prevent most accidents in your home
1: john as we wrap up let's just recap what are those four
0: rules one more time for rule one keep your gun always pointing in a safe direction rule two treat all guns like they are loaded rule three know your target and what's beyond it and rule four keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to fire very good. And uh, we'll have John back on again. We're hoping
1: to get uh, some of these uh, scheduled as episodes over the next few weeks. Uh, we are in the process of moving to the new facility. So uh, uh, hopefully we will have a little more room uh, to move around <laughs> and, and do these uh, segments a little more justice. And you could also, you know, find yourself one of these sweet CERT pistols here. Yeah, they're pretty they're, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to Kurt for being uh, running home and grabbing this because John brought a foam gun that we were worried we were going to get made fun of for. <laughs> so it's made out of that same material like you put in your kid's room, you know, on the floor. <laughs> you yeah, know, I'm talking about the foamy stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, make sure that uh, you uh, spread the word to your friends who are new firearms owners or you're trying to get someone in your family involved. You know, maybe it's from the pandemic. Maybe it's from civil unrest in their community and the things that are going on in the, in the world right now make sure that you're talking to them about firearm safety, get them resources like this, find them classes. You know, we know even some of our dealers that are also ranges and training facilities have seen just an amazing uptick in classes oh, this yeah? year. Uh, you know, tenfold. Um, so they are happening, they are available. There's lots of great resources out there for you to get plugged into a local shooting range. And I think one of the greatest things about this is, uh, you know, a lot of those folks are excited to get new folks, you know, in. Um, yeah. and, and and learning especially uh, the, the safety the 101 of being a firearms owner. So John thank you so much for joining us. Thank we'll you. have you back on
0: soon. I appreciate you guys having
1: me. Yeah absolutely. Stick around. Jay's World of Eats segment is coming up and we have another great giveaway uh, this week from our friends at Wheeler Tools. If you're looking to up your game for gun cleaning and maintenance you have to check out the Tipton Ultra Gun Vice. Uh, this thing is amazing. It's incredibly modular, uh, pretty lightweight, but really, really heavy duty all the way down to the steel tube frame. All these different modular pieces and parts, even the accessory trays are solvent resistant, and uh, they have excellent gripping pads to make sure that you don't scrape up the gun that you're working on. Even work on things like crossbows. So if you want something that's going to be the one-stop vise for all of your gun cleaning and maintenance needs, you definitely need to check them out. Uh, You could head to tiptinclean.com to check out all the specs, all the reviews, see some more photos uh, of this vice in action. We're actually going to be using this particular one for some research and development projects uh, for some new products from Faxon coming up soon, and we're excited to share both those products and the footage of the testing with you. Uh, so, again, visit tiptinclean.com and check out the Ultra Gun Vice. I think their product headline says it best Ring Steel not your ears. If you haven't checked out uh, episode 27 of the and blog and podcast, we actually spoke uh, to Jared from Caldwell Shooting about some of their uh, extensive line of hearing protection and accessories. One of the things that they sent out to us was a set of their Emax Shadows, and the nice thing about the Emax Shadows is not only are they excellent ear protection for the range or for training, or even when you're just mowing your lawn or working with power tools, uh, but They also are a Bluetooth headset, so if you're into earbuds and power beats and AirPods and all that kind of thing, you can still get great stereo sound, dual microphones and device control all right here from the shadows. And again, when you use those foam tips, uh, you also get a 25 dB noise reduction rating as well. So. If you're out on the range all day, you're working on a project in the garage, you wanna to listen to music, you still need to take calls, that sort of thing. No need to be taken on and off the giant muffs. You could just have a pair of shadows in, and you can find these over at caldwellshooting.com. And don't forget to check out our whole episode about hearing protection with Caldwell at faxandfirearms.com blog. Welcome back to Jay's World of Eats. Uh, We have a, uh, looks like a double snack. Uh, situation going on today and also this week's segment is brought to you by our friends at Wheeler Tools. Uh, We are going to be, yes, Wheeler Mug, we are going to be giving away this week one of their 89-piece Deluxe Pro gunsmithing screwdriver sets. Uh, These things are really great. We use them here uh, in our armory as well. Uh, They put all the graphics on the back, but basically using bent up Screwdrivers and things that aren't necessarily made for firearms work can leave, you know, gouges and canting on on the screws and so on. And uh, they have done their research to make sure that uh, you can work on your antique firearm or your modern firearm, not gouge it up. Um, And they have tons and tons of different bits uh, in both a long standard handle screwdriver drive as well as a short handle uh, and an awesome, awesome kit. So we're going to be giving this away. You could go to faxandfirearms.com slash blog, click on episode 31 and enter to win. So all sorts of cool bits
2: in there. Man, look at those pictures on the side. I know. All sorts of interesting stuff.
1: Yeah, like and. You see that? Look at That's it. That's
2: great. One of the
1: one of the graphics on here is showing you know how it sits down in the screw head. You know that you know they're modified to be able to sit down in the screw head, so it's making contact with all three sides Man. You know, give any good torque and everything. So, excellent tool. Love our friends at Wheeler. Uh, we'll pull that back out in a minute, but we got to make room. We got to make room. We got to make lots of room for. Uh, for the snacks
2: today. I make room, Dustin.
1: All right. So <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and straight up say I'm a little worried about these pancakes <laughs> because <laughs> these have just been sitting in Jay's desk drawer. Not a special refrigerated desk drawer. And, you know, it may surprise you, but I've purchased a number of frozen pre-bagged pancakes in my life, and you're supposed to at least refrigerate those bad boys. Uh, you
2: know, I'm a little uncertain about these. I don't know about their refrigeration requirements, Dustin. Right. I uh, don't think there are any, and we're going to proceed as if there weren't yeah. Okay.
1: Where did you, are these like Chinese pancakes?
2: Uh, well, they're from June's mom, so they may be Korean pancakes, but I think she got them at
0: Costco. So, uh.
1: Uh, shout out <laughs> to Jay's wife June, who just celebrated a birthday this week. Yeah, happy birthday! Happy birthday, June. <laughs> uh, she is of Korean descent. And uh, so that's why he can make that joke. That's why I can make that joke. Yes. yes. It's only, it's playful. He'll get in trouble, not you. June's
2: mom knows I enjoy snacking. She sends over bags of random snacks every week. So, uh, you yeah. know. That's nice. Yeah. It's a good way to go. Very nice. All right. So you have that and you also have some, what are these? Well, I have some uh, Sichuan peanuts, some okay. Chinese Sichuan peanuts, not from June's mom. From actual China? Yes. Oh yes, yes. I can't read. From half actual of that. China, <laughs> from, from <laughs> the pl- from
1: the geographical location <laughs> of China. Yes. All right. So what are we going to dive into first? Uh,
2: well, I think we're going to dive into the peanuts. So uh, these things are great because uh, peanut, I think, is the second ingredient in this. <laughs> the first ingredient being MSG. So. All right. uh, you get some peanuts. You have some, uh, these little spicy, uh, these little Szechuan peppercorns. Uh huh. Oh, I'm going to adjust oh, your microphone God. again two weeks in Man, a row. Go for I it. Know.
0: Szechuan <laughs> peppercorns. Get <laughs> out
2: of here with that. Yeah. Uh, these Szechuan peppercorns. Uh, they sort of, have a numbing effect on your mouth so that you can eat spicier things and not feel it as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the that's Nova real nice. Of snacks. Yeah, the Novocainum <laughs> snack. So okay. um, why don't you eat one of those, uh, well, you know, peanuts and then also and that then little Szechuan peppercorn.
1: So, Jay, you and Kurt were talking with me the other day about your thoughts on MSG and how the whole, like... You know, attacking MSG was some sort of conspiracy. It's a
2: conspiracy. It was a conspiracy. MSG is great. (laughs) MSG is a naturally occurring salt of some kind, you know, some kind. Yeah. It makes everything taste better. It makes flavors better. I keep MSG on the counter. My wife doesn't let me use it. I put it in everything anyway. It makes things great.
1: Makes things great. Uh, the whole MSG. Jay Wilson for MSG.
2: The whole MSG allergy thing. Yeah. If you think you're allergic to MSG, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> you are not allergic to MSG. No one's allergic to MSG. It was a smear campaign. <laughs> smear campaign. MSG causes no headaches. There are no allergic reactions to it. Just taste of your foods. It's in everything: it's in chicken, it's in tomatoes, it's in onions, it's in carrots. <laughs> okay. I'm going to eat this. It's in pe- mushrooms, pe- corn now, fish, seaweed. That is weird. Yeah, see, it's sort of like a numbing, floral, lemony sort of. That's the word, floral.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's this?
2: Uh, Those are spicy peppers. So you eat the peppercorns so that the spicy peppers um, aren't as spicy. So you can eat more of them. You can sweat. You know, you can cool yourself down. And then you eat the MSG-covered peanuts. Much like ogres. This snack has layers. It uh, does. Uh, okay. What do you think?
1: I like the peanuts.
2: Mm, pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, it's because of the MSG. The peppercorn. <laughs> yeah, you like the peanuts. You <laughs> like those? Huh? Yeah. Uh, you like those peanuts, boy? Yeah,
1: imagine that. Put some more MSG on those bad boys. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing <laughs> with the peppercorn is like, I think the floral part throws me. Mm-hmm. Because you're used to, like, seeing a black peppercorn and it just being, like, you know, like a black pepper, or you know, just something that's just a spice and not so much, uh, not so planty.
2: Yeah, right. It's, uh, you know, it's a little medicinal. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, um, you know, sometimes Chinese cooking sort of overlaps with those sort of medicinal flavors that uh, we might not be used to.
1: Yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right. Let's dive into these flapjacks here.
2: Pancakes. Flapjacks. I didn't bring any sort of syrup. Um, mm, so we're I gonna forgot the f- about the syrup. We're so going to get the full bouquet. It's going to be like dry pancake, Dustin.
1: These are dry room temperature pancakes. Dry room temperature pancakes. They have been nice, sitting spongy. in Jay's desk for at least days. Oh, it's good.
2: It'll be a lot better with some Syrup, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. A little okay. dry.
1: Do, do you want a pastry for breakfast that isn't quite as frowned upon as regular pastries? <laughs> Try warm pancakes from the desk.
2: Thanks, Mrs. Zahn.
1: Thank you, Mrs. Zahn. <laughs> um, James, I ventured down to our wonderful mm-hmm. new vending machines here. And went with a snack that I remember being in the vending machines of my high school back in Sunbury, Ohio. Yeah. Grandma's mini sandwich creams, or cremes, as you will.
2: It's a great snack. It is a great snack. You know, uh, our dear departed John L. M. Gunsmith survived almost solely (laughs) on these cookies or (laughs) on uh, the Otis... uh, Otis, Otis whatever. Yeah, Otis Spunkmeyer chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. Uh that was his main form of nutrition <laughs> in the like three, four years that I worked with him. Yeah. He would eat multiple bags of one of those two cookies every day.
1: That's the thing. I mean, you you um you have only so many calories a day, you might as well make it enjoyable. You know. Yeah, right. I do remember though. <laughs> In my school, we had a school store, and the store—I mean, they had like some random school supplies. But you could go in there and get like, you know, the gas station style cappuccinos, or you could get uh, snacks. They had like cosmic brownies. Remember mm. you know, cosmic brownies? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, cosmic brownies, honey buns. You know that were like I was like,
2: never a big honey bun fan.
1: They're like twenty five hundred calories a sniff. They're huge. I yeah, mean, they're yeah. giant. And the iced honey buns. And then you know, years later, I go back. I'm doing work for them, um, helping assist the marching band. And they have gotten rid of the school store because everybody's more health conscious now.
2: Yeah right And
1: uh, so all the cosmic brownies and all the regular soda gone from uh, from the youth of today. and uh, but mm-hmm. they do have like a little coffee shop in their cafeteria now that when I was a student, that was like the closet they held all the bingo supplies in for like for like the senior citizens that would come in <laughs> all the <that> week. <laughs> there was the bingo closet and now it's like <laughs> a cafe. Anyway, shout out to the alma mater grandma's mini sandwich creams mm. now you were talking about the medicinal thing and i hope we have time for this Would you well, mind- we can make time <laughs> the, for this. this is a very important until, segment this week is an hour and a half long <laughs> podcast um you, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how you and june like to travel yeah um mm-hmm. would you mind telling the story of you being sick in japan and not being able to get medicine <laughs>
0: This is my, one this of my was, favorite stories. This was stories. Indonesia. Indonesia, <laughs> <Yeah>. okay,
1: Indonesia. <laughs> I'm good at the geographies. <laughs> All right, so, so tell it's,
2: the story. So I had some sort of fever and chest congestion. I'm in Indonesia, and I had uh, run out of Advil, and I did not think to pack anything like uh, Mucinex or whatever, yeah. so... So I knew exactly what I wanted. You know, I knew exactly what was going to make me feel better, which was Advil and Mucinex. Yeah. And so uh, June was off doing something. She was adventuring and I was laying around the hotel and um, I found a pharmacy online and I found the Indonesian trade names for Advil and Mucinex. And I knew they existed. Right. So. I walked in and, you know, I asked, asked for them. And uh, one of the extremely nice, the Indonesian people are all extremely nice, extremely helpful. Yeah. Uh, One of the young women who was working in the store started asking me about my symptoms. And so, you know, I told her about them and instead of getting me... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and melaminex, she got me, uh, you know, something equivalent to like U.S. fifty dollars worth of like, you know, bee pollen and <laughs> flower extracts, and just all these like, like medicinal things. And she was describing like a full like regimen of like how to prepare them and how to take them like oh this one you brew into a tea and you drink before a meal and this one you rub under your eyelids and like (laughs) like this one you cook with a chicken and you know
1: like like, sacrifice the goat over the copper bowl (laughs) you collect the droppings with
2: this right she had this whole array of like like just these weird medicinal products and she wouldn't sell me Advil and Mucinex. (laughs) She just like wouldn't. She refused to like, she like almost acted like she didn't understand what the names were that I was giving her. Yeah. So I didn't buy anything and I left and I sent my wife in like 15 minutes later (laughs) with the trade names and (laughs) she pulls the exact pills that I had requested out of the like back room and just sold them to her instantly, you know? Mm-hmm. Indonesia, yeah. not not,
1: not <laughs> letting not letting the pale faced man get his Advil and muse next.
2: Right, my Advil and muse <laughs> next. But you know, they they certainly didn't give my wife any guff about it. <laughs> <laughs> they were like not trying to like sell her on yeah. like you know. Ah, here's you know, a tourist, know. they want the local right. remedies. Wasp That's stinger <laughs> venom, <laughs> and like you know, out of here.
1: Considered bath salts <laughs> right. uh, for your indigestion. <laughs> Alright, well, check out, out these uh, Szechuan Peanuts mm-hmm. Grandma's Sandwich <laughs> Very creams. good. By the way, we get paid nothing to talk about these snacks. These, uh, It's not like an
2: official endorsement from It'd be really great if somebody started sending in snacks, though.
1: Yeah, if you have a snack company, or anytime of food company you want to send us stuff to review and be idiots with Attention uh, Jay. Attention Jay's world of <laughs> beats. <laughs> Uh, we would be more than happy to do that. Uh, and again, uh, this week's segment is brought to you by our friends at Wheeler. You thank could you, enter, Wheeler. Yes, thank you, Wheeler. You could uh, enter for a chance to win uh, this deluxe uh, gunsmithing screwdriver set. Uh, you could just go to com slash blog, click on episode 31, and uh, you could find all the ways to enter. So this is only going to last about a week. Uh, we do these as soon as we uh, publish an episode. And the next week, before the following episode, uh, we pick our winner. So make sure you get over to the blog page and enter to win. And we'll see you next time. You know, it's no secret that the things that you keep in your gun safe are important. They're valuable. They're things that you want, you need, you need to hold on to. Whether it's just your firearms and supplies, or I know a lot of people like to use their gun safes to hold things like tax returns and other important documents, family photos. All of those things are incredibly important. And to help. keep better track of it and better maintenance on those items Lockdown has a series of devices and utilities and tools to help keep those things that you treasure safe one of my personal favorites that we actually use here in the office quite a bit uh, around our storage for cameras and lighting and things like that is just one of their dehumidifiers now they have lots of other stuff you may have already heard of the golden rod you've heard a lot of stuff about the lockdown puck uh, which is a smart device to help keep your gun drawer your safe your tools even your wine cellar safe uh, and checking up on the humidity and the atmosphere in those places as well we did a great episode with lockdown several weeks back that you could check out at faxandfirearms.com blog where we go through pretty much their entire product line and everything from the lockdown puck to dehumidifiers, to even things like, you know, storage, rack shelving, things of that variety. Keeping your safe, keeping your gun room clean, organized, and protected. And you can even get something like this, one of their room or gun safe dehumidifiers. If you're looking to organize that space in your home, again, whether it's for your gun safe or just anything that you hold valuable, we'd recommend you go to Lockdown.com. Thanks for watching. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you did and you haven't already subscribed yet, please subscribe on your favorite uh, podcasting platform or platforms. Obviously, you could catch the video here on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Vimeo, and so on. But if you are interested in the audio version of the podcast, we would love for you to take a look at Apple. Podcast, tune in, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your shows, and click that subscribe button and share it with a friend. Also, don't forget to enter the Wheeler giveaway from Jay's World of Eats. All you have to do is go to factsandfirearms.com blog, click on episode 31, and you'll find all of the ways to enter. And lastly, we will be returning to audience Q&A next week, so if you would like to get a chance to have your questions on the air, all you have to do is email email us, podcast at faxonfirearms.com Thanks again for watching and we'll see you next week. For those of you who have been watching the podcast for a while, you may know that uh, we had Ryan Donahue from Crimson Trace on for one of our episodes to talk all things, optics and red dots and some of the exciting things that CT has coming up. But I just wanted to share one of my personal favorite products of theirs, and that is their RailMaster Pro, the CMR204. So not only is it a tactical light, it's also a laser, and it has all of the industry proven technology that Crimson Trace has been known for for so many years. But they're not just limited to things like lights and lasers. They've made a big splash in the electro optics game, whether it's looking at something like a traditional rifle scope or maybe even their new battle optic which you may or may not have seen in some TV shows and movies recently they have a lot to offer so Obviously, you're going to be seeing some more stuff uh, of Crimson Trace popping up with us here at Facts and Firearms. You may have even seen it uh, staged on our limited edition Mustang rifle that came out in the spring of 2020. Again, lots of cool stuff from them, just like the CMR 204 or anything in their railmaster series. We would encourage you to check them out at CrimsonTrace.com. Hi, and welcome to the Faxon blog and podcast.